You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Good morning. How are you? Merry Christmas. I'm excited uh, to share with you for a little bit. Um, as we continue our series, it's a wonderful life, but it's it's hard to follow that. Man, these are some of the most cute, adorable kids. Uh, I love kids, so I just I'm just blown away whenever I see children up here. Uh, boy, what a great day it is, and it's a wonderful life. In fact, I'm going to give away and it's a wonderful life DVD with a digitally remastered black and white version and a colorized version on DVD today. I will be quizzing, uh, giving a quiz like last week and giving that away. Um, in the movie, <coughs> George Bailey discovers the value, the meaning of life. And the way that he does that is he's, he's going through uh, a, one of the most difficult trials of his life. His life is falling apart. His, uh, his job is falling apart. Scandal is breaking out, potentially uh, facing prison. There's a warrant out for his arrest. He's worried that his family will be left destitute and in shame. And just as he's about to end his life and to throw himself into the freezing river off the bridge, an angel shows up and saves him. Now, in the course of the conversation following that saving from the angel, he makes this wish. He says, I wish I had never been born. He says, everything, all my troubles, all the pain I've caused people would be gone if I had just never been born. In fact, let's take a look at that clip right now. I still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh? Oh, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it'd been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been bored. You don't have to make all that fuss about it. Look, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. Yeah, yeah, I know. You told me that. What else are you? What are you? You a hypnotist? No, of course not. Well, then why am I seeing all these strange things? Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Well, if I wasn't born, who am I? You're nobody. You have no identity. Oh, what do you mean, no identity? My name's George Bailey. There is no George Bailey. You have no papers, no cards, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy. They're not there either. Zuzu's petals. You've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. Now, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Now, this is some sort of a funny dream I'm having. So long, Mr. I'm going home. Home? What home? Now, shut up. Cut it out. You, you, you're, you, you're crazy. That's what I think. You're, you're screwy. You're 
driving me crazy, too. I'm seeing things here. I'm going home and see my wife and family. You understand that? And I'm going home alone. Yes. All right. Um, the movie goes on, and he begins to experience even more and more crazy things. He realizes that his uh, brother, who he saved as a child when he fell into the ice, who his brother grew up to be this great war hero and saved a battleship from sinking, and you know thousands of lives were saved because he saved his brother. And and there's just kind of the snowball effect of all the changes, all the destruction in life, all the people he invested in, and how their lives had took a turn for the worse because he was not born. Now, in this clip, we see how an amazing life, just one life, can make an impact on other lives. And I just wonder, have you ever considered, have you ever thought what it would be like if you were never born? Uh, I mean, you know, maybe in the worst moments of your life, you've thought, I wish I'd never been born. Uh, You know, then you need to stop right there and just go watch It's Wonderful Life. That's all I'm saying. You know, if you've ever felt like taking your life, just watch It's a Wonderful Life because your life is, is impacted lives that you may never even see or never even realize or never even know. The ripple effect of our life. Uh, there was a movie a while back called The Butterfly Effect. Remember that movie? And how uh, just the smallest, the, 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 the reference to the butterfly effect is how a butterfly on the other side of the world can cause a wind change that can develop into a, a major storm or hurricane or even... Uh, a major weather pattern on the other side of the world, how just the flap of a butterfly, one small movement, one small action can change the world, can change lives. Now, intersecting whipples, it's impossible to track who or what is changed. Our lives touch people in ways we'll never know. And probably the greatest question and the greatest life that has ever walked is the very reason we even have Christmas, and that is Jesus Christ. And and going with the theme of It's a Wonderful Life, I want to ask today, and I want us to take a look at the question, what if Jesus had never been born? What if that very first Christmas never happened? Luke 2 8 through 14 says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. We heard the kids read this. Keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town, everybody, if you have your Bible and you have it, soak of the word today. He says, today, this actually is happening and did happen in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. That means the promised Savior. That means the one you've been waiting for, God on earth, the one who has come to rescue you, the waited one, the Messiah has come. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, uh, claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. Heavenly hosts are like a countless number of angelic beings, uh, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Now, what if that never happened? I mean, some of you, you're like, you're Christian, and, and you buy into that because you're a Christian. But just imagining that that is a reality is something that really does take faith. Because it takes less faith to think it never happened. If Jesus was never born, 
What if he never came? You see, the birth of Jesus is the second most significant event in human history. Now, you may wonder, what is that first event? We're going to talk about that in a moment. Let's go back before Jesus was born. Let's go back to a time that was a thousand years before Christ was a reality. And in Isaiah 9-2, the prophet Isaiah says this. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then in verse 6, he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom and establish and uphold its justice and righteousness from that time on and forever and the zeal of the Lord. That means the pleasure, God's pleasurable will, his zeal, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Now, this is one of those verses that Isaiah was looking forward to that day. It hadn't happened. We are looking back as something that has happened, but what if he was moved in a moment by the Spirit of God to prophesy the coming of Christ. But what if it never showed up? What if it never happened? A few of the effects that Jesus has made in the world, I want to share some of those, and we're going to kind of break down the most significant difference he's made in the world. But if Jesus had never been born, what would have been affected? Well, here's a, a few of those. Jesus changed the world. No one has made an impact on the world like Jesus Christ. Time itself is marked by Jesus. We have what's known as AD and BC. BC means before Christ. AD does not mean after death <laughs> or after the death of Christ. It means Anno Domine, which means the year of our Lord, meaning the year he was born. And what they did uh, about a few hundred years after Christ is they counted in reverse. Christ had become such a significant person in the history of the world and his influence was growing so rapidly in the world that they counted backwards to the time of his birth and marked that as the beginning of life. Now, those that are not Christians, they don't use BC and AD, they use BCE, before common error and common error. The ironic thing is that even though they don't want to use before Christ and the year of the Lord, they're still marking it by Christ himself. So whether you ignore Christ or not, time itself is marked by Jesus. Here's the second thing. Jesus' teachings impacted the value of human life around the world. At the time of Christ, even in the Roman culture, the most civilized culture on the planet, human sacrifice was common. And so was blood sport. And I'm not talking about just UFC fighting. I'm talking about you kill someone, you murder them, you slaughter them for sport. And here comes Jesus and his teachings and his influence turned every major culture that received him upside down, eliminating in the major parts of the world human sacrifice and ancient blood sports. Also, Christians led by the teachings of Jesus Christ have led every single abolition slavery movement that has ever existed. That means every 
marched to end the enslaving of human beings, which, by the way, there are more people enslaved today than there were 300 years ago, and the movements, the groups on the planet today that are spearheading anti-slavery movements around the world, even to this day, are all Christian movements inspired and taught by Jesus Christ. The civil rights movement itself was launched and started by Christians and believers and pastors. The women's suffrage movement was launched and led by Christians who believe that as Jesus taught, the women have a role and a voice in this world and a unique leadership role. Infanticide, which is the global systematic killing of infants, was common around the world until Christ began to be preached to the world. In every major culture, it was not uncommon for babies and infants to be put to death if they weren't the desired child. Also, child labor, the whole child, anti-child labor movement, particularly in England and the U.S. and globally, has all been led by Christians to end child labor and the abuse of children. Uh, the global care for widows and orphans, almost every single orphanage has been started and launched by Christians who are inspired and moved by the words and the challenge of Jesus. His teachings impacted the value of human life. His, here's the third thing is that Jesus changed the world's view of compassion and mercy. You see, the primary focus of Jesus' ministry was to the sick, the poor, the hungry, the abandoned, the neglected, the downtrodden, the defenseless. Christians became uh, uh, active in these things because of Jesus, because he called us to be generous, compassionate, and caring. Christians grew to the millions simply because of caring for the sick and the poor. It was common practice in the Roman government that whenever plagues broke out, whenever people were sick and hungry, to kill those that were sick. It was common. As Christianity grew in the Roman culture, this is historically uh, uh, validated, Christians began to nurse and bring in the sick, the impoverished, the poor, the abandoned, all those that the culture, the most civilized culture of the world at the time, the Romans, they brought all these sick and disenfranchised people. And within two generations, a few thousand turned to millions because of their view of compassion and caring for the sick and the poor. Before Christ, it was common for countries to take advantage of the suffering. Disasters would usually be followed by military attacks. The sick and the disabled were often killed. The hungry were left to suffer. Almost every public hospital institution on the planet is the result of Christian charities due to the teachings of Jesus. Jesus changed the world in its view of compassion and mercy. Here's another thing. Jesus inspired men and women to grow in their understanding of knowledge. Jesus challenges us to grow in understanding and knowledge. The whole teaching of, of Christ in the New Testament is to grow in understanding, grow in knowledge. Jesus' teaching led to the very first charity-run schools before Christian organizations began charity-run schools. Very few people could read, write, or have an education at all. And the charity-run schools by Christian organizations were spearheading globally the public education. In fact, we have public education because Christians decided that every person should be educated. Public education was a result... In fact, in Europe, Christian public education, just public education in general, was a result of the Christian Protestant Reformation. 
around Europe. The USA founders, in fact, they believed that public education was started so the people could know Jesus by reading the Bible for themselves. In fact, we have this in 1642, one of the very first documents ever established in our country. 1642, the Puritans passed a law requiring all children to be in school so that they could learn, quote, the principles of Christ and the capital laws of the commonwealth. And this was to be for all towns over 50 people. The whole idea of education is not anti-Christian. It's actually founded in the desire for Christians to know how to read and to know and to embrace and understand God's word and his plan for them. In fact, in higher education in the United States, all but one major university and college in the United States was founded by Christian churches, every one of them from Yale to Harvard, you name it, all but one were founded by Christian churches. Jesus not only enables men and women to have that desire and hunger for truth and knowledge, but Jesus impacts nearly every area of civilization. Uh, civilization. Jesus' ideals shaped the founding documents of the United States. Our entire justice system and law was directly shaped by the teachings of Jesus Christ. Many of the greatest sciences and the greatest physics discoveries were by Christians who were seeking to know the wonder of Jesus Christ. It is a major part of the greatest art in history was created to glorify Jesus Christ. The majority of the greatest literary works were inspired by Jesus, inspired, in fact, Jesus has inspired more music than any other person in history, from Handel, Vivaldi, Bach to Coldplay to U2, Jesus is the one who has impacted civilization like no wonder, plus the countless billions and billions of lives that were simply changed by his influence. Humanly speaking, no one, has ever been impacted by anyone else like Jesus Christ, whether they realize it or not. None of this would happen if Jesus had never been born. Whether one is religious or not, the Christmas holiday season celebrates the most significant birth in the history of the world. And whether you are a Christian or not, Christmas is worthy of celebration. This is a worthy holiday from any perspective. Nearly a century ago, a, a preacher named James Allen Francis wrote a sermon called One Solitary Life. And I want to read a portion of that because I can't say it better than him. He says, talking of Jesus, he was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies, and he went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the uh, sailors that ever sailed, 
all of the parliaments that ever sat, all of the governments that ever governed, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Jesus has affected the world in no, in, in, in indescribable ways, in no other way imaginable than, than, I mean, we can't even wrap around what this world would even be like without Jesus Christ. But there's an even greater loss than his accomplishments or his contributions to society. If Jesus had never been born, there's even something more that it would have been more detrimental. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Jesus had been baptized. He'd been tempted. And this is his first recorded public speaking engagement in Luke recorded. Verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Now it was common that if you were a guest or if you were someone who was part of the community, they would take turns and they would they would take the scroll of the Torah uh, and they would... They would bless it. They would kiss it because the Torah represented God with them. And uh, they would hand it to somebody in the group, uh, a visitor, a guest, uh, another uh, Jewish uh, man. And they would, they would hand the Torah and they would open up the law and the prophets and they would read. And one of their favorite portions to read was often out of Isaiah because Isaiah talked a lot about the coming of the Messiah. So they handed it to Jesus and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. So Jesus didn't even pick it, but he knew in his foreknowledge what was going to be read. And he says, and they gave it to him, and he rolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he read, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Some latter texts include, and to heal the brokenhearted. So so some translations have that included. Uh, He says, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery to the sight of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Now, if you were a Jewish person, you'd be going, "Um, he didn't finish the scripture because he stopped in the middle of a passage and rolled it up, handed it back and went and sat down. So I'm sure they're like looking at each other. Um, What do we do? He didn't finish. He didn't teach. And this is what happens. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him like, okay, finish. And then, I like this. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. See, they were shocked and amazed. Isaiah was a looking forward to that day. Jesus had said it had come to them that day. But what if it didn't come that day? What if it didn't happen? What did Jesus say that he brought with him on that day? Well, this is what it says. It says in Isaiah, that passage there in Isaiah, uh, he's quoting Isaiah. We're going to read it later. Uh, But in Luke 4, he says this. It says that he came to proclaim the good news to the poor, that's spiritual and physical, to proclaim liberty to the captive, that's spiritual and physical, to give sight to the blind, that's spiritual and physical, to set the oppressed free, that's to break the chains of those that are bond, physical and spiritual, and to proclaim the Lord's favor. Now, the Lord's favor, some translations will say the year of Jubilee, which basically means that's a year when all your debt has been erased. So he says, I've showed up to release the debt off of your life, the burden of your 
negatives, the burden of your debt. It has arrived. You are free. Now, what would life be like without Jesus? We looked at how he impacted civilization. But without Jesus, it's much more than just art and music and science and government documents. And It's this. Without Jesus, we are poor. Poor in body and poor in spirit. Without Jesus, our lives are hopeless, empty, spiritually hungry, craving, deprived individuals. In fact, Matthew 5 says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And that basically means blessed are those who realize they are poor in spirit. Without Jesus, without Jesus, we are poor. But thank God he did come. But it says, and there is good news. He says, I've come to proclaim good news to the poor. Without Jesus, you no longer need to be spiritually deprived and depraved. The, the bread of life has come. You can be rich in Christ, rich in spirit, that is. While sin impoverishes us, Jesus has come to bring good news to you to say no longer do you have to be poor in spirit. But you see, without Jesus, there's another problem. It says without Jesus, we are captive. Without Jesus, we are captive physically and spiritually, where sin enslaves us and binds us and holds us and imprisons us and, and, and drags us down and weakens us. Without Christ, we are held captive by our sin and by the pain and the trials and the terror of this world. But thank God, there is liberty. For Jesus did come. For he says, I've come to proclaim liberty to the captives. Jesus breaks the chain of addiction. Jesus breaks the chains of disease and sickness and sin. In John 8, Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But you see, there's another problem. If Jesus had never been born, we would be blind. We would be blind, both in body and in spirit. Without Jesus, our lives are hopeless. Our lives are in darkness. Without Jesus, we wander aimlessly searching for the purpose and meaning of life. Spiritually hungry. Isaiah 9 says that without Jesus, they are in darkness. But he says a new dawn has come. The darkness has been broken. A light has dawned because Jesus has come. And there is a light. In fact, Jesus proclaimed, he said, I've come to recover sight to the blind. See, Jesus heals the sick and the blind, but he also heals the sick in spirit. He also heals those who are blinded by the cares and concerns of this life. Those of you that are wandering aimlessly, worried, concerned about your life, about your future, and you, you look at the news and you look at the world and it just seems so dark, so bleak. Jesus says, I've come to give sight to the blind. To those that see only the darkness, I've come to give you light. I've come to speak and to proclaim recovery to the blind, removing the scales from our eyes, we see a new life in Christ. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his own holy people. You see, I was blind, but now I see. Once I understood that Jesus came and he is real and he lived and he died and he rose again, the scales were dropped off. I have purpose and meaning and direction for my life, and you can too because Jesus was born. But there's another problem. Without Jesus, we are oppressed. 
Without Jesus, we remain oppressed. We remain depressed. We remain captive to our pain, our anger, our guilt, our shame, our lack of trust, our fear, our anxieties, global oppression. There is so much oppression on this planet. There are some of you that are so afraid to just get out of bed, to pursue, to challenge, to take risks, to trust, to commit, to be in love. You're so afraid. You're so depressed. You're so filled with rage, some of you. You're so angry. But you know what he's come? He has come to set liberty those who are oppressed. He did come. And there is freedom because through Jesus, you can be free in the strangleholds of those Addictions and actions and habits can be over. In Christ, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And no matter what oppresses me, no matter what attacks me, I know that God, because he has come, I have victory. I have freedom. And there's one more thing without Christ. Jesus didn't come only to to preach deliverance or even to bring deliverance. Jesus came to be deliverance for us. Christ is the great enemy of bonds. He is the lover and the light of liberty, says George Morrison, a 17th century preacher, which leads us to the fifth thing. And the last thing is if Christ were never born, we are in debt because our lives are spent. I'm talking about spiritual debt, in debt by our sin, by our actions, by our hatred, by our selfishness. Without Jesus, we will answer to God for that debt. Without Jesus, every person in this room will stand before God and answer to the debt of sin in your life. But thank God Jesus was born. And there is forgiveness because he's come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor because he made payment. He went from the cradle to the cross. That was his mission. We celebrate his birth, but his birth was for the purpose of the cross. And through the cross, our sins are erased. Can you see the message in this one verse? You see the message of Jesus, the good news, the release, the freedom, the sight, the forgiveness. First Timothy 2, 5 says this, for there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom or as a payment for all people. This has been witnessed Circle this at the proper time. At the specific proper point in time in history, hope had come. Jesus was born. See, the birth of Jesus is the second most significant event in human history. The first and the single most significant event in human history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the resurrection turned a sad story of a well-to-well, a guy who just wanted to do what was right. See, the resurrection took a man who was unjustly accused into a victorious king and savior. You see, the resurrection was turned a man who just tried his best, who tried to teach love and hoped we could just all get along into a man who was born with a mission to 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 set us free from our sin. The resurrection seals the deal for what Jesus promises and does. Without the resurrection, we are to be sad indeed and hopeless indeed. We are to be bound. Without the resurrection, we are still blind. We are still captive. We are still under the bondage of our weight and our sin and oppressed. But his resurrection sealed the deal because he did come. 
and he did die, and he was buried, and he did walk out of that grave. Jesus was born. He is a real historical figure. You have to be in complete denial of history to ignore that Jesus walked the earth. Honestly, he probably was not born in December. He was more likely born, according to history, in the spring. December 25th was a very popular pagan holiday. And in order to help these new Christians to to break loose off of their old traditions, they decided to pick December 25th as the day to honor the birth of Christ. And to this day, thousands of years later, we honor the birth of Christ for he was born. Galatians 4, 4 says, but when the time set had fully come, God sent the son, sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sons. Jesus did come. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word, uh, the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and and truth. For Jesus did come, Matthew 1, 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Jesus broke into history nearly 2,000 years ago so that we could have abundant life beginning now and into eternity. The world would be unrecognizable to us if Jesus had never been born He never practiced medicine, yet he healed more than all doctors combined who ever lived. He never earned a degree, yet he has more students than all colleges in the history of the universe combined. He never wrote a book, yet more books have been written about him than any other person who ever lived. He never recorded an album, but more songs have been written and sung to him and about him than anyone who ever lived. His influence affects our lives and even the lives of those who never heard him. But the primary significance of Jesus was not simply to enrich our life, but to save us from sin so that we can share an eternal life. The greatest effect Jesus has on the world is he gave us direct knowledge of God and the ability to be in relationship with him. For unto us, a son is born. We would not know God is our faithful companion. We would not know him as our heavenly father. We would not know God as the forgiver of sins. We would not have victory over evil. We would have no hope without Jesus. I want to end with this verse right here. I said earlier that Jesus didn't finish that Isaiah passage. When he stood up and he read it and he says, today it has come, he stopped short of the passage. What didn't he read? Well, let's take a look at it in Isaiah In Isaiah 61.1, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is what Jesus was reading from Isaiah. He says, Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's where Jesus said, It has come today. But what didn't he read? This is what he didn't read. And the day of vengeance to our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Why didn't he read that? Because that's his next coming. That's the next time he comes. And as sure as he came the first time, and as sure as he walked this earth and the world has been changed forever because of it, 
he will come again. And on that day, he will come in a different light. The first time he came as a loving savior, the next time he comes as a just judge and king. And for those that are his, he will comfort all who mourn. There will be no more tears. There'll be no more suffering when he returns. See, the greatest effect Jesus has had in the world is that we can talk to God. We can pray to God through Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the second one. But until then, I want to walk with him. That's Christmas. That's why it's a wonderful life. I want to pray for you. Dear Jesus, thank you that for the but because of the joy set before you, you endured the cross. God, the Bible says that, that before the foundations of the earth, you were slain. That means the purpose of the cross was set in motion long before man first walked on the earth. And God is real. As we are here in this room with each other, you are real. And as real as George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King and Napoleon, and as real as these historical figures are, you are real. You walked the earth. You were crucified. And you did rise from the dead. And you healed the sick and raised up those that were dead because you are God. And you are true. With every head bowed, I want to give you a chance to respond to Jesus Christ this morning. Some of you, you, you maybe have wondered if Jesus and this whole thing was just part of religion. It's not. It's the reality of, of the most significant person that ever lived, Jesus Christ. And I want to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus and invite him into your life as the Lord of your life and, and for you to lay down your sins, your debt before him and know that you are forgiven. So I want to lead us all in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. You came to earth so that I might live. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my debt. I give you my pain. I give you my depression. I give you my addiction. I give you my fear. I give you my anger. Set me free. Release me from my captivity. Open the eyes of my life, of my spirit, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness and your freedom. Walk with me and teach me what it means to walk with that knowledge and to walk with you. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.